What up, world? And welcome back to another episode of the Seeds of Success podcast. It's your host, Colin Walters, and I'm very excited to bring a special guest on the show today, a longtime best friend of mine, Troy Castle. Troy and I grew up in Gig Harbor, Washington together. We grew up playing sports together. He is still a phenomenal athlete. Troy just competed in Ironman Kona, the World Championships of Ironman last month in Hawaii. Two weeks before that, he got third in Ironman Chattanooga. He has competed in countless endurance events, marathons. He's won a good amount of them, which he would never tell you, and we don't talk about at all on this podcast. So definitely want you to know that he he would never say it, but I get to brag for him in this in this moment. And above all of his endurance and Ironman training and competition in the athletic world, Troy is first and foremost a man of faith. He is a devout husband to his wife and his bride, Caroline. And Troy is an exceptional father to their newborn son, baby Cooper. And so it's with my great pleasure and an honor to have Troy Castle on the show today to share with you all how Troy has found success in his life and how he balances the things that he's passionate about with the things that are most important to him, that being his faith, his family, his friends, community, and connections. And so I'm excited to bring this episode to you all. Hope you enjoy. And here's the the conversation that I had with Troy Castle. All right, here we go. Troy Castle, welcome to the Seeds of Success podcast, man. It is an absolute honor to have you on here. Awesome, man. It's good to good to be with you. Thanks for making time to to chat with me. No doubt, man. And I mean, just super quick, like Troy and I have known each other for a a, a very long time. We grew up together. We played baseball together, basketball. There was a very brief stint in my career playing football, but Troy obviously did a a lot more yeah. in in his life and career with football, but I mean, we go back to Gig Harbor days here, and um, you know, long, long time coming. And and Troy, at the end of the day, is just a phenomenal human being. And so excited to have you on the show. I know a lot of people are excited to just hear this conversation, and which is exactly what it is. We were just chatting before we jumped on about how it's basically just going to be our our hour long catch up on uh, on yeah. life with uh, a tailored focus on on Troy's um, accomplishments and then a conversation from there between us. So, so Troy, thank you, man. Appreciate it. No, absolutely, man. As as you said, we've been close for a long time and you're somebody that that, uh, I've always really looked up to and uh, our friendship obviously means a lot to us. And so every time we catch up is is, uh, special to me. So I'm looking forward to it, given given the people inside scoop of what we, uh, we we catch up on about once a month or so. Yep. This is that is that monthly uh, that monthly check in here. So for those that actually yeah. don't know you, I mean, there's a lot of people that do know you that, you know, may not actually know what what's been going on in Troy's life. Like, maybe go ahead, introduce yourself a little bit, who you are, where you're from, what you're about, Troy. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Troy Castle. Um, so I was born in California Bay Area. I uh, lived there until I was about four. And then our family packed up and moved to uh, Idaho. Mm-hmm. Um, lived there for about five years. While we were there, we 
we kind of started picking up a lot of the winter sports, the skiing and stuff like that. Um, and I lived there from third grade, or excuse me, from kindergarten until third grade. Um, after third grade, our family packed up and moved and settled in Gig Harbor, Washington, which is where uh, we kind of put roots down from fourth grade all the way through high school. Um, that's obviously where you and I became great friends and grew up together and, um, you know, played hammers baseball together, played total package basketball together. Yeah. Some of the best memories, you know, growing up. Um, after I graduated, I, I moved down to Texas and um, went to school at Southern Methodist University here in Dallas. Um, I walked on the football team here, um, played here for, for five years, was studied undergrad um, biology, and then stuck around for a fifth year and got my master's in finance. Um, during SMU, I met my college sweetheart, Miss Caroline Young. Um, we dated for several years throughout uh, college, and then uh, we got married two years out of school. Um, we've been together for, well, we've been married for coming up on four years now, and well, in July, it'll be four years. Um, she's amazing in every way. She is um, my best friend and um, just a bride that's far beyond anything that I deserve. So I'm extremely grateful for, for her and just the impact she's had on my life. Um, in June, we had our first baby, um, a little baby son. His name is Cooper, Cooper Troy. He's uh, four and a half months now, and uh, he's just a joy. We, we are enjoying every minute of him, and um, we just love being parents and, and watching him grow, and are just so excited for what's to come. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of, I, I guess, where I'm at now. I work in uh, finance. Um, I work in a um, – it's a private equity-backed optometry practice roll-up, so I'm on the corporate development team doing um, a lot of the M&A activity. I've uh, been with that company for coming up on two years now. We live in uh, North Dallas, and uh, our family is kind of all spread out around here in Texas, so that keeps us busy running around to see everyone. But yeah, that's kind of us in a nutshell. Troy, I'm just smiling, man, on the inside, just recapping <laughs> your life, like thinking back to total package workouts, laughing in layup line, yeah. get, you know, oh, work, working hard, but having a lot of fun doing it, man. Hammers baseball, little league baseball, Dodgers, White Sox, like Dodgers, it goes, yeah. it goes, it goes back. And, you know, fellowship of Christian athletes was something that we did that I think, you know, like yeah. I think about things that we've done that were also super meaningful. That's something that comes to my, my mind at your house hosted by, by your dad. And so, yeah, that was, um, I mean, that's super important to me. And so, you know, for those of you, those of you listening and, and watching Troy is, uh, you know, he's got a lot going on in his life and see Caroline is just an amazing woman as, as he mentioned, and actually Shelby yeah. and I, my, my fiance, we just found, um, our, our ticket for the, the big wheel that we went on in, in Seattle yeah. when we all went that's to dinner right. and then we went on the big oh, wheel in gosh. Seattle. We just found that. And so, um, Troy's got oh, a, dude, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's, <laughs> we it's were talking cool. about that sushi roll the other day. Like, yeah. we, that was such a fun night. Oh my gosh. And now you guys are just absolutely thriving. It's so fun to see. And, um, obviously we, we just love and adore Shelby and, um, 
you're kind of in the same shoes I'm in where you're, you're getting ready to marry somebody that's, you know, way out of our respective league. So 100%. it's a good feeling. You know what I mean? It's a great feeling. You just wake up every day. You're like, this is awesome. I have a wife far beyond anything I deserve. And so the day can't be bad when you have that. It, it can't be bad when you have that and have the perspective about it that way too, you know, cause right. I think that's, that's right. It's just right in line with never taking them for granted. And I mean, there's, there's no way that a guy like me who just talks way too much and probably thinks about himself too much and, you know, tries to, (laughs) tries to do his good part, but you know, that should be with Shelby. She's amazing. And she's working so hard in school right now. And so she, she inspires me more than I ever tell her, I think, which is something, you know, a good reminder for me as well. Um, yeah, I mean, we got we got some some winners and little baby yeah, Coop, who's not sure. so little any anymore yeah, from just even pictures that I've seen in videos. I you know we still got him up on our fridge from the early early days, yeah. the first card that you sent. Hey, quick shout out to Troy, real quick, actually, and and Caroline because they are still the um, the example of what it means to write handwritten cards and letters and mail physical envelopes and we love it and i mean we just picked up some a card yesterday to handwrite and ship off to somebody for something special and so it's just is a um a great way to stay connected in a even more meaningful way you know to take the time to write things so um you know for all those listening that's not dead by any means that is alive and and living appreciate that Yeah. yeah yeah I appreciate you saying that. That's uh, I, I, we just think that it's an important thing to do. Like if you ever really want to show your appreciation for somebody, take the time to write them a handwritten note, and um, people will always appreciate that. And um, it, it just it goes a long way. So it's uh, it's a simple thing, but it, it but it goes a long way. So I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, hundred percent for a little extra effort, but it you know, and and then yeah. it's something that we post up on our fridge, and then there's. Caroline and Troy and Coop that we're seeing on our fridge every day and yeah. just handwritten words. I remember back in college, we had a uh, a professor who taught us what he used to do. He was in outside sales. This was a sport management class, and he would carry a um, he would carry a, a little bucket of thank you cards with mm-hmm. him that he would always have ready to handwrite and then deliver it to whoever he had just met with whoever he spoke with. And so he always had, and I got, I still have packs yeah. that are, are in my, my drawers sitting right next to me. And I used to be a lot, a lot better at it. And truth be told, like I haven't written one in a little bit of time here. And so I think this is a good reminder to do exactly that. And so thank you for being the, the example. For there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, Troy's again, love having you on. Um, I know, you know, one thing that I obviously need to, this is going to be learning for myself too. Like I know what you've accomplished in your career when it comes to triathlon, Ironman, endurance sports, quick side note. If anybody was more interested in Troy's um, like backstory of, of the walk on uh, at SMU, great podcast and episode on the walk on mentality podcast. Shout out Jackson Mitchell where you can go and and listen to that interview. Um, And so we, we won't dive into that here, but 
walk on mentality podcast go check it out if you do want to hear some more of that backstory sure. awesome awesome podcast jackson's sure. doing great things and it's a great interview with troy um yeah and so but iron man endurance sports you just did kona this has been you know i don't know how many years man what eight years of training something incredible and yeah um, I know you've been doing this thing a long time. You told me three years ago that that year was your last one. Here we are three years later with you yeah. already qualified for yeah. in 2023. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe it, but, um, yeah, maybe if you want to just share a little bit about, um, however you want to take it, like whether you want to talk about yeah. or how you first got into triathlon, like whichever route you want to go, Troy is totally up to you and we can just, for sure. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, um, so I kind of mentioned earlier when I was at SMU, I played, uh, I was on the football team. And so, you know, my, my college experience was really centered around football. And so like, you know, you have, you were, your schedule was completely structured the entire five years. I mean, there was never a time where I was home during the summer for more than two or three weeks at a time. Cause we were there in summer school doing workouts, et cetera, et cetera. So you just kind of got ingrained into you to like have something to train for, um, and so when, when I graduated and kind of moved into, um, you know, working professionally, I was just, I was looking for something else to train for. Um, and so I, uh, I initially did my first marathon kind of the first year that I was out of school, like December of, I guess it was six months post, uh, graduation. And then from there, I just kind of got bit by the bug of like, okay, what, what, what do I want to train for? And just like, always kind of had this um this interest in endurance sports mm -hmm. if you will and so um man I, I guess it was a year after uh so this would have been 2017 i was i had always been uh curious and interested by triathlon and i was like you know what i want to do a triathlon i had never swam before competitively other than you know us growing up on the water and, and swimming in the sound or whatever but like swimming as a sport as exercise I had never done it like that um I didn't own a bike and I was like I want to do a triathlon and so even before I'm buying a bike I went and signed up for a race so for me that was my way of saying okay I'm going all in on this I've signed up for a race I paid my registration fee now I have to do it and so um, <laughs> I think it was four months later, I did my first 70.3 in Austin. And then, um, a month after that, I did my first full in, in Cozumel, which was November, 2017. Um, and from there, I guess I've just always been hooked. I've been uh, kind of hooked on, um, just how the, the, the constant pursuit of improvement in the sport, there's always mm -hmm. something to work on. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, swimming in particular has always been a challenge for me it's been a very humbling sport and so I've enjoyed um just working on something that that you put in a lot of time and you still feel like there's so much room for improvement um so anyway long story short I I uh, after I did my first full I was just like you know this is a hobby that I want to continue to pursue and um you know I've consistently maybe done it, at least one full per year. Some years I've done two and just kind of at the back of, of, you know, as you do this more and more, the end goal was, you know, I would love to qualify for Kona. So for mm -hmm. the folks that um, aren't as familiar with the sport, so Kona is, um, it's the Ironman world championships and you have to qualify to be there. And so it's, it's just like worldwide event from people all across the, um, all across the globe that, Basically, in order to qualify, you either have to get first or second in your age group at an Ironman distance. And so it's, it's, 
it's usually really, really competitive to, to try to qualify. Um, and so I, I guess it was um, in 2019, I raced Ironman Texas and I finished 10th in my age group, I think at the time. And that was the first time I was like, you know what, if you really invest the time um, and follow a structure training plan um, and really pursue this, th this could be a reasonable possible goal. Understanding at the same time how much work lies ahead in order to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and then that was 2019. I was all set with, you know, Caroline and I got married in July of 2019. And, um, and we just kind of dove headfirst into to trying to qualify and then obviously answered COVID and all the races got canceled. And so COVID was kind of a, it was really one of the biggest blessings to our marriage looking back on it because Caroline works in consulting and she was traveling Monday through Thursday, every single week, COVID happens, you know, they enter a travel halt. Um, and so we're spending every single day together. You can't really go anywhere because stuff is closed down. And the two of us just set up our bike trainers in our one bedroom apartment. And we just like, we just trained like crazy because the gyms were closed and we had, you know, trainer road on our, on our phone and we just trained like crazy. It was so much fun. Um, and looking back on it now, it was just like that, that was like one of the sweetest times in our marriage, just, you know, getting to spend every day together. Um, and in addition to like training like 20 plus hours a week. Um, and so that just, all that to say, like that, that was really um, a year that I, I think I've made a lot of strides um, in the physical training department. Um, and in 2021, we, we had, uh, Caroline did, a, did an Ironman that I did, that I did with her. I was so proud of her. She did amazing. Um, she absolutely crushed it. And then that just continued to spring, spring forward. And so, um, so yeah, anyway, qualified for Kona in a, a Waco 2021. Um, and then, yeah, just, just raced it about a month ago now, which is crazy. It's already been a month and it was, you know, it, it was the fulfillment of a, of a long dream that I had been pursuing for a while. And, um, all, all of my family was there to, to see it and, um, some friends were there too. And obviously a lot of friends following along. So it was a special time for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, how did, how'd the race go? Yeah. So, I know you mentioned uh, it was the hardest race that you've ever yeah. experienced. And it was arguably, if not the hardest thing that you've ever done from at least physical standpoint. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I was talking with, with, uh, you mentioned Jackson Mitchell Jackson is, yeah. um, you know, my best friend and, um, obviously you guys are good buddies now too. And, and, uh, he, like you said, he does fantastic stuff on the walk on mentality podcast. He's another person I just greatly look up to, but I was talking to him, kind of giving him the recap afterwards. And so I had uh raced Ironman Chattanooga two weeks before Kona. Um, and that was probably, if, if you look at, that is crazy. I don't know, if, yeah. Two weeks before was, you're racing Ironman Chattanooga. Sorry, I, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. So that was, um, so I kind of viewed Kona as like a celebration almost in the way of like all the work that it took to get there. There's like, there's no pressure in a race like that because you've already qualified. Mm -hmm. You know, you can just go enjoy the entire experience. Um, but I had been wanting to race Chattanooga for a long time. That, that had been kind of at the top of my list. It's beautiful there. We were supposed to do it in 2021 and we got COVID really bad. 
um, and they were gracious enough to let me defer it to 2022. Um, and so, I, you know, I deferred it to 2022. And at that time, I, I hadn't qualified for Kona yet. And so uh, once we qualified for Kona, I was like, do, you know, do we still race Chattanooga or whatever? And we're like, well, why don't we just go ahead and do it? It's two weeks. It's not a back-to-back weekend. Went to Chattanooga, and it was, you know, probably the best race I've ever had. It was super encouraging. Um, had a, a good swim, a really, you know, a, a strong bike, and and kind of hung on for dear life in the marathon. And um, I was lucky enough to take third overall in Chattanooga and uh, PR'd in a big way. So I was super pumped about that. Um, and it was kind of cool because they qualified us for Kona for next year. Um, so anyway, all that to say, I had raced the full two weeks before Kona. And so when I got there, um, I wasn't like, I wasn't sore or anything like that, but I just in training rides leading up to the race, I just, I didn't feel like I was, uh, kind of firing on all cylinders, if mm. you will. Um, I just like, I didn't feel like my legs had a lot of pop and all. I could just tell I was somewhat tired. Um, but regardless, I was just so excited to race and I had, so the swim in Kona is, um, you know, you, you swim out like a hundred yards and we're all treading water there. You know, there's a few hundred of us all treading water and there's kind of paddle boarders going back and forth in front of you holding the line. And then the gun blows and everyone just starts swimming. And so it's like a washing machine. So you get like, you know, shoved down into the water, you get kicked in the face until it, it evens out a little bit. But the, like the start is, it's, it's pretty brutal. That's intense. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was pretty intense. And then, um, so I had a, I had a decent swim. It wasn't a great swim. It was okay. Um, like I said, I'm not a great swimmer. And that's one thing about Kona is everyone is so fast. It's, it's incredible. Like, I mean, you have, you know, some of the fastest amateur triathletes in the world mm-hmm. uh, from around the, like I said, around the, the globe. I mean, there's like over a hundred countries represented there and stuff. Anyway, um, had an okay swim, got on the bike, um, had a, a decent bike. It, was, it wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. It was, it was okay. Um, and then when I got off the bike to start the marathon about two, two, three miles in, I blew up pretty quick. It was just, it was really hot and, um, it just kind of all caught up with me. I ended up having a pretty brutal marathon, but all in all, I mean, it was a, it was a great experience. And, um, like I said, definitely a, a dream fulfilled. So excited to go back for sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, the point that you first came to, which was, it was a celebration of, of, in a sense of a lot of work that you've done to, to get to that point and put yourself in that situation. And so, you know, um, and having excelled at Chattanooga, you know, two weeks prior probably felt so good. So then you could really go and just like really take pressure off though, you know, for, from performing, like obviously you're a competitor and you want to do well. Like that's a, that's sure. a given, but for the actual like outcome of the performance, I'm curious, what is, when you say blow up around mile three of the run, what does that actually mean for you? And what did you, what did yeah. you do from, from that point on? Like, how did you continue to yeah. power through it? Yeah. Um, so blew up for me means I just overheated really quick. So when I got off the bike, I think it was um like 89 degrees and 90 percent humidity and mm-hmm. you know the sun uv index over there is like 14 so it's it was like crazy hot yeah um 
and so it, it quickly became from run to a walk run, you know, walk the aid stations, get as much fluid in you as you can, um, you know, dump ice all over you just to try to cool down. Um, so it went from, you know, running the marathon oh, to yeah. Like yeah. running as much as you can and just kind of putting one foot in front of the other. So um, just by like, as a comparison point, so Chattanooga two weeks before my total time was a 9.15 and then in Kona two weeks later, it was a 10.47. So it was about an hour and a half difference just because of, you know, just how I, the, the difference in day that I was having. Yeah. Um, so there's in, in a, in a full distance environment like that, like there's a lot that can go wrong and you got to have a lot, um, you got to be able to hang in there for, and just deal with like so much stuff thrown at you. And it's really about, it's, it's not so much about who's the most talented that's starting the line. It's really about who can just, you know, get down into the suffering and, and, you know, embrace the suck the most. That's, that's really what it comes down to. Um, so yeah, Kona was definitely one of those days where I was just completely in, um, in the suffering for a long time. And so it was, it, it lived up to its type as being one of the most challenging races for sure. Troy, how do you, how do you actually do that? So you say embrace the suck, right. And, you know, continue moving through the pain and the discomfort through suffering. Right. But like, what are you like, what are you telling yourself? Are you telling yourself something? Are you like trying to break it down instead of focusing on you've gone three miles and you still have another 23 to go for the marathon, but are you breaking it down? Like get to, you know, three and a half, get to four, get to four and a quarter. Like, what are you actually doing that is allowing you to continue moving forward when it actually is, you know, so painful and there is so much suffering going on? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, you you have to, when something feels almost overwhelming, you have to be able to break it down into bite-sized chunks. You you cannot look at it as, oh my goodness, I'm struggling right now. I have 23 more miles to go. You have to say, okay, I can, I'm at mile three right now. I know I can get to that aid station before I walk. So let me get to that aid station and pour some cold water on my head and, you know, catch my breath a little bit and then let's do it again. And you just keep stacking those bricks one by one. And eventually you'll look up and you'll see how far you've come, but you can't look at it as, okay, Brian Kane, who is our mental peak, uh, peak, conditioning coach at SMU he used to always say you know you're not running 26 miles you're running one mile 26 times Mm -hmm. and I just always thought that that if you're able to break it down like that and kind of reorient your mindset of like let me just get this small win and stack those small wins then pretty soon you're going to be able to make so much more progress than if you were to look at it on like in totality so that's that's kind of how you just you break it down yeah and and that's you know for everybody listening to this and, and watching it, you know, that same concept can be applied to whatever you're working on, right? If it's a, a project for work, right? Or if it's, uh, yeah. you know, the release of something that you are writing, maybe it's a blog, maybe it's a book, maybe it's, um, you know, you're training for your own race or marathon, you know, as opposed to focusing on the entire training plan, right? Whether you're doing a uh, totally. 16 week block, 18 week block, something like that, you know, it can seem overwhelming if you look at the whole big picture of it all but when you break it down week by week and then chunk it down day by day and then mile by mile for that specific workout for that day right it can be uh you know it's a lot more digestible that way and and yeah it's uh it's you know something to be able to focus on as opposed to the entire thing which which can be over overwhelming and 
And honestly, like, you know, it stems right into, you know, for those of you who follow Troy on Instagram, or for those of you who will be following it at the very least, go check out his Instagram page because Troy, you posted your reflections from, from the yeah. race. And I know that we, we briefly touch on this, you know, as we were prepping for, for the podcast here, but I just think that, you know, when you, when you go through experiences like this, you know, um, eight plus years of specific training, obviously, you know, the way that I see it, you've been training for even longer than that. Like this has been a lifelong training process, mentally, physically, spiritually. Right. Um, but for actual like discipline, is it eight years? Correct me if I'm wrong. I think we said eight yeah. years. Like what? Is, <laughs> I don't want to be. Uh, yeah, falsely. I think it's six, at least six around there. Yeah. Six. Okay. Well, yeah. All right. So you, you've been training. Um, and but, but the, <laughs> yeah. the point is that when you accomplish something like this, like it's such a pivotal opportunity to sit back and reflect on what you've actually learned through the process and what you've been able to take away and what the bigger meanings are to the accomplishments, sure. to the work, to the process, yeah. to the love and the passion that you have for it too. And so, um, you know, one of the, one of the 10 things that you mentioned in there, and just to recap that everybody, um, Troy did his reflections on an Instagram page of his post on Kona. So if you have a moment, go check them out They're They're awesome to, to look at and, and learn from. And, and I enjoyed reading through them, but that was one of the things that you talked about, right. Was when, when you're struggling, commit to going another 10 minutes and then yep. doing it again, totally. And then doing it yep. again. Yep. Absolutely. And I, I think you kind of hit on it, which was most important. And that's that that applies to anything that you're doing. It doesn't have to be an Ironman. It doesn't have to even be an endurance sport. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, the project you're working on at work where you're just like, I, I feel like I'm, you know, hit button my head against the wall and I can't keep going. Well, you can go 10 more minutes, commit to just 10 minutes of undivided focus and then, mm -hmm. you know, take a break and look up and, and you just keep that, like I said, keep stacking those bricks and pretty soon you'll look up and, and see how far you've come. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I, I've always found that, you know, being able to break it down into digestible bits is it, mm -hmm. it goes a, a long way and serves you well. Is there anything else from those reflections that you want to touch on? I know you got, you got a couple in there. One is like very applicable. Or what, what comes to mind for you? Any of anything you want to touch yeah, on? Yeah. I mean, it's a yeah no that's a it's a great great question um like you said when when um when you spend a lot of time pursuing uh, um you know for me that my goal was to qualify for Kona mm -hmm. and once I had finished the race and I kind of took a few days to just kind of reflect on the journey that got me there mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that just continued to surface was um just the support of all the people that helped get you there um, and so for me, it was really cool to look around and, you know, see my parents there at the finish line. Um, you know, obviously see Caroline and Cooper there. I, I mean, I could get choked up running down that red carpet and seeing Caroline holding Cooper over the fence for me to give a kiss before I finished the, you know, before I reached the finish line. Um, you know, I, I mentioned it in my uh, kind of my reflections that, you know, Caroline is the most supportive and encouraging wife that I could ever ask for. Um, and, and I just like, I, I kept reflecting on how this would never be possible without her, all the sacrifices she makes to allow me to pursue this sport. Um, you know, the humility that she, that she shows to, um, 
you know, be gracious enough to let me have long bike rides on Saturday mornings. And um, obviously now with, you know, we have a four month old son and mm-hmm. she just literally never complains about anything. I mean, she's just over the top supportive. Same with my parents. They're over the top supportive. But I was looking at through pictures on my, on the flight home and, you know, my parents are standing in the, you know, the super hot sun uh, waiting for me to run by just so that they can give me a high five. You know, they've been standing out there for 45 minutes. Um, and all they want to do is just give me a high five as I just, you know, work my way through this marathon. Same with my brother. My brother was there. Um, you know, Caroline's family was there. Some of our good friends, our best friends, Tanner and, and Sid Smith had flown all the way over there to be there. Cody and Spencer and um, Brandon were there. You were following along. So just, I, I think once I reflected on all that, it was just, it was humbling to think about all the people that have been a part of the journey um, to get you there and how that moment was as much about them as it was about you um, and how that applies to you and just about you know, anything that you want to do in life, you got to have good people around you and a good team around you. And I'm certainly grateful for mine. That's for sure. Yeah. I, and that was, of course, that was the one that stuck out to me the most, right? Because it seemingly when you look back, right down, you're, you know, you're 65 years old, reflecting on this time, doing it with the people that you love the most and with the people that love you the most, that is going to be, I, I think, and um, I think you would agree that that's the most important part to it all, you know, is having done it sure. together and shared those moments and experiences with each other, uh, because they just create that much more meaning to them, you know, and, and that much 100%. more. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I love that. It reminds me of another conversation I had with uh, my friend Mario on the podcast, where he talks about, you know, different endurance events that he did. And he mentioned that his favorite one that he did was his hundred mile race because it was the one that he was able to share the most with his wife, with his brother, yeah. with the people that were there. Cause they were able to be that much more interactive with him during the entire experience. And so it's right in line with, totally. um, with what you're mentioning. And so, um, you know, and it's similar to like anything where you're working on with a team or where you're working on, you know, with a, a family project or whatever it might be. It, it's always at the end of the day, um, you know, it, it can be that much more rewarding and, and impactful when you do it with people that, that you love and, and you've, and you've, but you do need that support too. Right. And I did have a question that came up that I was curious about. Um, you mentioned that how much Caroline has sacrificed for, for you to follow us. Like training for Ironman is very time consuming, right? Like there's a, you have, You're a husband, you're an, an employee, you are a father, yeah. right? You're a brother, a son, a friend, and, you know, a community member. And, you know, you have a lot of obligations outside of Ironman. How do you and Caroline, if you do it all, and this question is totally off the cusp here. Um, do you yeah. all, how do you communicate about these things? Is this something that you sit down and say, Hey, like we got this season coming up. So, you know, I'm going to dedicate this much time on the weekends and then week mornings and then in the afternoon here, and then I'll take care of, you know, Coop at this time and you can go do your thing at this time. Like, how does that work between you and Caroline? I think a lot of people could, could benefit from learning how to effectively communicate. So then you can both support each other and pursue each other while also being there for each other and your family. 
Totally. Yeah, I, that's a great question. Um, I think the first thing that I would say is um, you guys have to be aligned on a goal. If, if there's a, if there's this, you know, if you, if you have a huge goal, that's going to requ- require a lot of time and commitment mm-hmm. um, you need joint alignment from both people, you know, it, pursuing Kona was something that Caroline and I made a decision together on. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, Hey, I want to go do this. And you know, it's, it's like, first of all, you can, you can say, Hey, I want to do this goal, but can I, am, am I, am I going to prioritize this to the point where I'm not serving you the way I'm called to as a husband? And if that's the case, then I need to take that goal out of the, out of the picture. So right. to answer your question, it, it requires buy-in from both people and it can never come in. Um, it can never come in above, you know, like for me, it was, I, I'm thinking about how to say this the right way, but um, I never wanted it to, to sacrifice quality time with Caroline or with Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there, but at the same time, I mean, it does require a lot of time of training on the weekends. Um, and so as an example, there was, you know, one weekend where I had a five hour ride and then an hour run off the bike. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I made sure to like communicate that two weeks in advance of, Hey, Caroline, I have a big training weekend. Can we kind of reserve this the morning of this Saturday um, for me to get a long ride in? That would just be really helpful. And if we're aligned on that, then let's commit to doing that, which of course she was gracious enough to let me do. Um, and then once I had done it, then Sunday was kind of her day to go do her own workout. And I got to keep, you know, I got to keep Coop and you kind of just take turns, but um, communication is key having buy-in from both people is, is crucial. Um, and then making sure that it doesn't, you know, take the priority of what is most important is, um, is also important as well. What would you do if say you had your training plan for that morning, but then something came up with family, right? I'm sure that came up multiple times. I'm sure that's come up plenty of times in, in your training career. Like, do you then shift around your schedule accordingly? And, and like, how do, how do you actually manage that? And how do you decide what you're going to do if there was this confliction of, of time? Yeah, it's, uh, that's funny. You, you have to be able to sacrifice the workout for your family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's a no brainer. It, mm-hmm. It's, I, it this was actually one of my reflections of a workout can always be made up you know, but, but quality time with the family can't, it's, it's not always that way. Um, And so you have to be able to keep a hobby in its rightful place and a goal in its rightful place um, and and not sacrifice what's most important. And, and for me, um, you know, honoring and serving and protecting and pursuing my bride is, is one of the things that is most important to me. I want to make sure I'm doing that every day on a daily basis. Um, that's far more important to me than getting in a five hour training, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, raising Coop to be a man of integrity um, and, uh, you know, loving his family and honoring his parents, that's way more important to me than, um, you know, running a, a sub 240 marathon. Those, those things just, it, it's not even comparable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to answer your question, you, you have to be able to be flexible when it comes to working out. You can plan for it, um, which is what we try to do. We, you know, we try to, you know, block out certain mornings where, um, that's kind of our time to work out, but it doesn't always go that way. And you have to be flexible and, um, be able to adapt to whatever life throws at you. And just remember to keep the main thing, the main thing, man, 
Troy, just, I mean, I've, I've told you this so many times, but um, I know that Shelby and I really admire the relationship that you and Caroline have. And so, you know, it's just, it's just right in line with uh, who you are, what you stand for morals, values. Right. And then honestly, like my takeaway there that I think, you know, the audience can, can take away here is that you have what is most important to you and you make decisions based on that. Right. Yeah. You have your faith, you have your family, Mm -hmm. you have Mm -hmm. your, you know, and then everything else is underneath that, but at the top, right. Are are those two things, Mm -hmm. um, you Mm -hmm. know, and so then whatever is underneath that, obviously training, like doing things that are important to you, Ironman training, like it is, it is high up your list, but it will never supersede the family and the faith, therefore making your decision-making, you know, a lot easier in that sense of it sure. becomes a no brainer, sure. like, like you mentioned. So, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate that. I, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm certainly not perfect in this category. I, you know, there's, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for Caroline who gives me a lot of grace when I fall short in this area. Um, but, but those are what you listed, like my faith, is most important to me. And then it's my family, my marriage and um, my relationship with our son, you know, those things are most important to me. Um, you know, my family and friends, you know, relationship I have with my family and friends that would come next. And yeah. um, obviously, you know, we love training and we love uh, working out. Um, and, you know, I, I have fallen short and elevated that to an area on the priority list too high in the past. And I think just um, I've learned that, you know, that's something that's always going to let you down, um, you know, which is uh, just pursuing anything of the world is going to let you down at some point. Um, and so I just never want that to take the place of what's most important. Um, so, yeah, I again, I'm, I'm not perfect, but uh, I'm certainly trying to, to be better in these areas for sure. Yeah. And I think just having the self-awareness, you know, to have that understanding of yourself as well is is so important. And I mean, it's kind of in line with, I always, I always think about and reflect on, you know, always doing my best to do things that involve human connection, right? When, Mm -hmm. when the other thing does not, and, and, you know, simple example is something that happened this weekend, right? It was, I had, you know, we, we were out of town last weekend. And so then it's Friday night, we're at a little get together with some of Shelby's, um, fellow students and and fellow colleagues at at school. And, you know, I had my, my weekend planned out. I'm going to get organized on Saturday, do some personal projects that I've been wanting to do, um, you know, work on some videos and and some content stuff. And, and really just like, hadn't even unpacked at that point from the previous weekend. So just like Mm -hmm. trying to get my life in order. And then, you know, we're, we're out Friday night and three, three buddies of mine are telling me that they're going surfing in the morning and they're going out to Newport and they're like, you should totally come. And I'm immediately like, not, not defensive at all, but my immediate thought and uh, reaction is, well, no, I can't do that. I have all these other things that I got to do and get done, which is important. Yeah. Right. And, and it right. is important that I continue to live up to the things that, that are important to me, which is, you know, keeping, getting things back in order following through on the things that I want to do and get done. The point being though, is that I did choose to go surfing because 
you know, I'm like so far below their level by, by any measure. Like they've, <laughs> they've grown up like surfing. There's, there's one guy who, who like just got into surfing recently, but he's like taking it head on. He's crushing it. But the other two have like uh-huh. born surfing, shredding mountains, like skiing, snowboarding, everything like just very, very good. And, you know, I can count on a hand, one hand, the number of times that I've been on a surfboard and attempt number two, I was in urgent care with my eye. Up <laughs> gone. So, um, so That's not, awesome. yeah, um, <laughs> so, but it was one of those things where like, I was resisting saying yes so much because yeah. I, a wanted to do my own thing, but two, I was kind of just nervous about it. And there was some discomfort yeah. there, like surfing with people that are, that are better than me. And, you know, I, I was resisting this thing that deep down I knew I should do because of the people aspect. And it was one of those things, Troy, like what you mentioned is the workout can always be made up. And this was one of those where I'm like, I can shift everything over because everything that I want to do can get done on on any other day is, was, it was kind of where I was at with it. There was no pressing deadlines with them. I wasn't obligated to have these things done to anybody for like a deliverable of any means. And so it's one of those yeah. things where I'm like, this is a one-time opportunity. Who knows when it'll be this nice again to go surf with people, build connection and experience and go do something that's uncomfortable. And it was the most epic day. I had so I love it. fun. The minute that I finally decided I was going to go, it was like the weight of the world was lifted off my chest and my shoulders. And I was like, oh my God, we're going. And it was like, the most gorgeous day where, you know, like the drive there was so pretty. We get there. It's like the most epic sunset. We went to Otter Rock, like right on the, the coast of Oregon. And, yeah. and it was funny because I'm like, you know, telling them all the reasons why I can't do something, why, I, you know, I don't have a wetsuit. I don't have booties. I'm, you know, I'm going to, and they're like, don't worry about it. We got everything you need. We got headgear. Yeah. We got, we got wetsuit. We got booties. We got a board. We got food. And it's yeah. just like, I couldn't say no at that point. And then, but it was once I decided to do the thing that I was resisting and do it because yeah. of, the, of the connection with, with others. And, um, it, it was just, it was amazing. And I'm just like, so Dude, grateful that I went, man. I, I love it. That's, uh, as, as you were telling that story, all I, all I was, um, remembering was when you, Jake and I, you know, climbed Mount Rainier yeah. on you know, <laughs> a week's notice you know, same thing, same type of thing. It was like, we could have come up with a thousand excuses of like, why this won't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you look back and you're like, oh, this is like, this was so worth it for the people aspect of exactly what you're describing. Oh. Like, it's just so much fun. So I love that. That's awesome. I'm glad you did that. Just doing things that, you know, when, when you're at the, you know, when you're looking back on your life that you are so glad that you did because Hey, it was super cool. Like it wasn't, you know, it was, I always like to think of the idea of living an epic life and, you know, it was just right in line with that, but doing it with, with great people and building those experiences yeah. and, and those memories. Well, Troy, we can go ahead and, and start wrapping this thing, this thing up here. Um, yeah. I am, if I'm, I have those four questions that I ask everybody at yeah. the end of every interview, yeah. you ready to rock and roll on them or what? Yeah, remind me of them again. Run, of run course, I'll remind you. I'm, uh, I'm not expecting okay. you to just rapid okay. fire. <laughs> I don't have them memorized. Yeah, all good. Uh, Here we go. Question one is: What is your favorite book, podcast, and/or YouTube channel to follow, read, or listen? 
Ooh, okay. Favorite book. I'll I'll give you I'll give you two um, from recent memory. Okay. That that have that have been recently completed. Number one would be uh, Endure by Alex Hutchinson. The okay. uh, mm-hmm. the curious. I think it's the uh, the curiously elastic limits of the human performance, or something like that. That book is fantastic. Uh, I could barely put that book down. That was really just one that was I was just so interested in. Um, so I would say that would that would be one of them. Two, another one that I finished recently was called The Boys in the Boat. Um, I can't remember the author's name. I want to say it was like Dan Brown, maybe something like that. But it's about the uh, the rowing team. Going to hurt you, hurt. Yeah, the rowing team oh. from University of Washington. I'm oh, it's, sorry, it's an amazing know. story. <laughs> It's an amazing story. It's an amazing book. It's, yeah. It was one of those books where I was like, when I was reading it, like the end, um, I was like yelling out loud. I was just so yeah. into it. It was, it's a fantastic read. Um, so those would be the two that are recent favorites, I would say. Um, and then the next one was podcast. Yeah. And if, if you listen to, any podcast it, the, the question basically it started out as I would ask people what's your favorite book and then I just started thinking about how I learn and I was like uh-huh. man I, it's just not limited at all to books for me you know it's books it's podcasts yeah. it's YouTube it's you know di- different just different it's people um yeah you know, and courses so yeah that's, that's where the question comes from so I don't know if you got a podcast totally Oh, uh, well, I mean, number one, I would have to say Seize to Success podcast. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, also, the, also, the Walk on Mentality, Walk on mentality. Oh, yeah. <laughs> two, two of my best friends doing fantastic things in the podcast world. Cannot recommend them enough. Um, other than that, I, I listen to Rich Roll a lot. Yep. Um, I, I listen to, uh, honestly, when I'm working, I listen to the Wall Street Journal podcast a lot. That's nice. a good way for me to... Uh, just kind of keep up with the news and and just passively you know learn new things mm-hmm. um and then from like a fitness perspective one of the best resources out there i would say is purple patch uh fitness podcast uh it's run by a guy named matt dixon he leads the purple patch uh coaching and uh kind of focused on triathlon so i think that that's a, a fantastic resource that i love listening to and, can you repeat well. that did you uh purple yeah. patch verbal patch purple purple patch okay podcast I, I believe it's purple patch fitness podcast but purple patch uh, and matt dixon is a guy that um that hosts it and he's a he's kind of the the now i believe he's the lead ironman you coach um and he just puts out really really good content and uh is a really accomplished triathlete himself and um so always always good to listen to the stuff he puts out Mm. uh uh, man it's got me pretty fired up i'm sitting here just thinking about hopping on this bike that's right behind me as soon as we uh, step step off the the podcast here um cool purple patch i haven't heard of that and so that's awesome i love learning about new ones um rich roll phenomenal i've I mean, it's yeah. probably been, I don't know, 10 years been listening to listen to Rich. I just listened to his podcast on his uh, 10 years of doing a podcast and some of his reflections and okay. very, I mean, similar characteristics, Troy. It's his number one thing that he recommended 
consistency has never missed yep. a Monday in those 10 years. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. And then just like with anything, the, the more consistently that you do something, you inherently are going to grow from just continuing to get better at not only producing it, but how to effectively get it out, how to manage your time better, how to then actually get yep. more creative with it. Like you think about it differently. You're, you know, you're putting content out every week. So yeah, right, right in line yep. with what you touched on earlier. Um, there is, if there, if I could boil it down to one yeah. thing that I believe is most, most important characteristic in anything you do, I would say it's consistency, you know, consistency with, um, your scripture reading consistency with, um, you know, serving your, your bride every day, consistency, uh, with your workouts, stacking those bricks one by one, um, just consistency with how you approach work. Are you approaching, um, you know, a project that's, uh, you know, a small client fee, the same you would, that's, you know, a million dollar client fee, you know, just consistent in your approach to every single thing. I think that that is, um, I've always said that consistency is key. So for, I, um, uh, definitely echo that for sure. Number one thing, consistency. I know that you mentioned yep. that your consistency, discipline, hard work will beat out talent every time. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, For sure. second, second question here, Troy, favorite quote, favorite quote. Ooh. So, um, can I give you a Bible verse that I you can, absolutely you? you can give me anything that you live okay. by. Okay. This is actually kind of cool because, um, Iron Man Chattanooga was my birthday weekend. And for my birthday, Caroline gave me this, um, this white wristband, you can kind of yeah, see. Yeah. And it has Hebrews 12, 11 on it. And Hebrews 12, 11 is like long been one of my favorite verses. It's, um, for in the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but it later yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Um, and I just think that that's something that applies to so many different areas of your life. Um, and so during that race in Ironman Chattanooga, I just kept looking at Hebrews 12, 11 on my wrist and Amazing. thinking about Caroline and thinking about Cooper. And um, so that I would say that's, that's probably one of them. Um, there's another one by, um, I was listening to a Navy SEAL kind of share his testimony at some point. And um, obviously everyone knows what it entails to become a Navy SEAL. And uh, he was talking about when he received, um, basically he had graduated from, um, like he had gotten through buds and, and graduated from uh, Navy SEAL training school. Um, and he remembered kind of that feeling of, he envisioned himself having this, like, um, I don't know, life altering experience when he was able to call himself a Navy SEAL. And he, he quoted somebody, I don't know who the original quote is from, but he says, one of the loneliest days a man will ever experience is when he has achieved that which he thought would deliver the ultimate. And in the end, it has only left him longing for more. Mm. I, I've, I've always remembered that quote, um, just as a reminder to never put your hope into anything of the world. Um, and that just helps me keep my perspective and my eyes fixed on what's most important. And I, that just was a, um, a quote that's always stuck with me and been powerful to me and just something that I committed to memory. Amazing. So thinking, I mean, beyond what you will get, what you will achieve, most important things in yeah. life. And also a, a takeaway for me when you say that is 
really enjoying what you're doing too. Like enjoying the yeah. process that will take you to that, you know, your ultimate goal of where you, you're trying to get to, but just enjoying the actual, you know, I know it's super cliche, but enjoying the journey. And I remember totally you know, years ago, somebody telling me, Hey, like those things that they say are, are cliche, listen to those things and, and really listen to them because they are usually very right. And those, yeah. those cliches yeah. that you can say, oh, you know, that's super cliche or, um, but those things are so true so often. And I think it, totally. we can just dismiss them, you know, at, at times. I know that I yeah. can for sure. And so just taking a step back yeah. to actually think about it and just really enjoy the journey and, you know, analyze what do you actually enjoy? Um, totally. Um, I, next question, Mr. Troy Castle, bucket list item. What's something that's on oh, your bucket man. list, the castle's bucket list, C's bucket list? Yeah. Anything? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, man, I I would have to say, so for a while it was Kona. Yeah, um, figured. Which was cool because I think, it, you know, truthfully, I think it was a bucket list for both of us just because, I mean, you know, Caroline has been there every step of this journey with me. And so, um, you know, that, that was as much, like I said, as much about her as it was about me. Um, so I'd say that was kind of both one of our bucket list items. Uh, for, for me personally, ever since I've been a little kid, I've had just a, a childlike obsession with Mount Everest. Um, mm -hmm. My dad climbed it in 1983. And so ever since then, um, I've just been absolutely uh, hooked on Mount Everest. And obviously we were talking before Coop and, and Caroline came in here, we were talking about our Mount Rainier, mm -hmm. um, expedition and how much fun we had with that. And just like, um, just what an experience that is. And, um, we never really got into it, but we climbed with one of the most world renowned climbers in Garrett Madison. And, yep. um, just to see, you know, somebody at the top of their field be so humble. I mean, he's summited Everest now, I, I want to say like, 12 or 13 times or if it's not that high it's at least eight or nine or ten it's it's, way it's double digits it's the, okay yeah yep so i mean I, and you know and we were talking about mount rainier with him when we were on mount rainier with him just talking about everest and just how um he finds that to be such a special place and all that so i, I would say personally going to Everest someday whether i'll ever yeah. find it or not i don't know but that's i would say that's a, like a a uh a bucket list item for me that's very far-fetched but just that hopefully answers the question <laughs> i mean the day that you go and and look at mount everest i mean either two things are going to happen a you're there to climb it right and you're not just showing up to everest to, to look at the thing or two, you do show up to look at it and then you decide okay yeah i'm climbing it so I would say that there's about two options for if and when that day does come. <laughs> you show up to look at Mount Everest. Um, I mean, your dad's climbed it. That is so, yeah. so cool. And you've done some other, you know, big time mountaineering. You've climbed Mont Blanc, right? Mont Blanc, um, and, yeah. Mont Blanc in the Matterhorn. That was a cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the the best trip though was Mount Rainier with with you and Jake and Garrett. That I mean that was awesome, and we did yeah. it in you know basically twenty four hours almost. Yeah. You know, 
which is crazy. And was, you you drove us home back. that next day. Yeah. Because I couldn't drive. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, that was, that was, uh, I think we were all pretty beat up after that. I remember yeah. I, there was, um, like I could barely walk. Remember how blistered my heels were? Couldn't put on shoes for three weeks after that. And it was the most oh, my God. amazing. I always, I always, say this when we're talking about endurance sports like there's nothing that feels so good than hurting afterwards like it is just the right. constant reminder that yeah you did something so freaking cool and that you did something that totally. tested you and that you overcame and it's 100%. just like i i yearn for that feeling all the time and i love it when i'm sore and but that one was just like man we had those blisters we were putting duct tape on our heels in the first five minutes yeah. of walking up from the parking yeah. lot <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah we could still see the car parked in the parking lot right? yeah it's gonna be a long, long and we're on day. the ground shoes off putting duct tape on our heels yeah yeah oh my gosh that's uh that's hilarious but dude you're spot on that that was one thing that uh just to reiterate one thing you said is like that that's always the goal with these endurance sports is just empty the tank. You know, you never wanted to fit, finish a race with anything left in it. You know, like you said, you want to feel miserable after the race. You want to feel like I gave that thing every single, that race, every single thing that I had, there was nothing left in me, you know? So, oh, yeah, for sure. That right there is going to be when we post this to, to you, that's going to be the thumbnail, empty the tank. <laughs> Troy Castle. <laughs> That's gonna be the title of this right <laughs> here. Take. But it's so yeah. but it's so true. It's it's with anything and everything that you're doing that you're committed to, right? Um yeah. being all in on it and and really giving sure. it what you can when you're in when you're in that process of you know of of competing or you're in that process of of the doing, um, you know, of of serving uh your your sure. bride, your significant other, your family, of your yeah. your team, um, you know, whatever it may be. So empty the tank. Yeah. Love it. And then yeah, that's right. last, um, last question for you here is it's something that one of my mentors asked me a while back when I was considering, um, careers, jobs, like decisions with, with like bigger decisions in life. And, um, the question that he asked me, Troy was what would 65 year old Troy say to your, to you? Right. So another way to phrase yeah. this is, you know, thinking into the future, 65 year old Troy is standing, talking to you. What would he say to your current self? Like it could be in regards to anything, but what would 65 year old Troy say to you? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I would be curious to look at my response to this question when I'm 65. So that's amazing. Uh, Nobody has said a, that yet. Make a note of, like, what do I think I would tell myself at, as I sit here today at 30, you know, what, what would I tell myself 35 years from now mm -hmm. at this, at this point? Mm -hmm. um, it, it would probably be um, given just kind of the season of life that, that we find ourselves in right now. I would say it would be something along the lines of um, don't sacrifice the pursuit of, you know, worldly uh, success or worldly pursuits at the expense of your family. You know, don't, don't miss, um, you know, Cooper and, and Lord willing, his siblings don't miss huge moments in their life, the school play or, um, you know, sports practices or games don't, don't miss it because of, um, pursuing 
you know, work or anything like that. I, I would imagine it would be something along those lines of um, kind of what we talked about is, is always keep your family in the right priority, keep your faith in the right priority um, and, and uh, try to bring as many people to know Jesus as you can. That's, that's ultimately what matters the most. And I, I think you just have your, your, your faith and your moral compass that guides you. And so I think that's why it's so clear for you to come up with, yeah, because it's a very authentic answer because it's deep down. It's like what you, it's what you believe. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, for our audience listening in, just having whatever your beliefs may be, whatever that moral compass is for you, really identifying what those are, what's most important to you, and then helping to simplify decisions and, and, you know, and make, take actions that are in line yeah. with those morals and, and totally. values. Yeah. Has it, has anyone ever asked you that question or is it, if, uh, have you ever given your answer on the podcast or can I flip the script on you? And nobody's and, ever, nobody's ever asked me. So you can flip okay. the script, baby. Please. What would, what would 65 year old Colin Walters tell 30 year old Colin Walters? Yeah, it's and thank you for the for the question. It's yeah, and it's right in line with what I was talking about earlier. It's for you know, 65-year-old Colin looking back, talking to me now is do the things with people, stay connected yeah. with humans because at the end of the day, what is life without any human connection is essentially right. where where my mind goes to it. Um, you know, it's just the things that can be done tomorrow, right. That are your, your personal tasks, like feel like be okay with sacrificing those now, knowing that you can do them tomorrow when you have these once in a lifetime opportunities staring you in the face with, with people and humans to go create experiences with and, and do things with, because ultimately end of the day, like human connection, creating life experiences, memories, I think that, you know, those are the things that looking back, I'll just be so grateful that I, that I did and said yes to in the face of that resistance and the discomfort in in saying yes, because ultimately like, you know, again, like one of those quotes you hear, one of the cliches is everything that you want is on the other side of fear. And it's so often that we relearn that over and over when we actually do take that step and do the thing that we do resist and do the thing that we do fear. And then we come out, you know, great, um, you know, a better version of ourselves, of course, but also just more fulfilled in whatever the fruits were sure. from, from that decision. So that's, I think the, you know, the, what 65 year old Colin would, would talk about. To, I love it, man. To this that's guy. awesome. Yeah. Freshly 30. So a new question that's been roaming in my head is where do I want to be at 40? Like I've, I've really embraced this 30, 30th birthday as with so much gratitude and so much excitement, man. I just am like these first 30 years of my life have been like, is it 30, 29? No, 30. First 30 years of of life have been amazing, but I just am like, so I'm, I'm very excited with where our life is at and the people that are in it and the opportunities that are, that are ahead of us. And I'm just so excited for this next decade. And so, yeah, you know, like that's where my head is also at is, you know, where does 40 year old Colin want to be and what does 40 year old Colin want to look back and be super proud of having done and fulfilled of having, um, 
you know, lived in this, in this next decade of life. So yeah, I'm excited, man. I love it. Yeah. One of, uh, one of my, my closest friends, you know, Garrett Kirstich, him and his wife have the saying mm -hmm. of they, they apply it to everything that the best is yet to come. Mm -hmm. And I just, I love that because it's so true. Like the best is the best days are always in front of you. Um, and I think when we can have that mindset and, and that perspective, it, it keeps us eager um, and excited for what's to come. So, you know, may we all have that same mindset. Yeah, man. And, and for anybody, um, you know, that may not be feeling that way at this point in time, just want to, you know, in, encourage you and, you know, just really let you know that there are great yeah. days ahead. You may be yeah. not there right now, um, but they will be here at, at some point I can't tell you when and you know and I can't tell you how but just you know trusting and, and having faith that it will turn out that way like you know we've all you know we're standing here having gone through a lot of downs in our life like we've been you know at least speaking from my experience like I know that I've been in some dark places at times been in some deep yeah. places, and you know we're here standing with having you know a really um, enjoyable conversation about how good life is now be you know and and i have a lot to be grateful for from those experiences in the past and so you know for those of you that yeah. might be going through something right now i just want to encourage you and, and just let you know that um you know there, there's people and that, that love and support you in this world and and uh definitely was yeah. not planning on taking the conversation this route but that's just the reality of you know what life is yeah. at least in in my experience and our experience what it what it has been up to this point so um yeah, yeah you're saying that i love that i love that that's a great perspective and i think a lot of people need to hear that so i'm i'm glad you shared it yeah well troy man it's great to have you on here it's a such yeah, a pleasure dude. to always be able to speak with you and even more so when we can see you so it's great to, it's yeah. great to see you, man. and and just very very thankful that you dedicated some time and carved out some time yeah and, and made some time for this so thank you for oh for absolutely on yeah oh dude i was i was humbled to be invited on and as i said it's from the jump you're just somebody i've always looked up to and um love dearly so um anytime we get to catch up it's, it's a privilege so i appreciate it brother you bet man and i don't know if there's any last word that you have for the audience or if there's any last sort of thought you want to share we you, you can get it out or we can wrap it up call it a day i'm sure there's you know there's a lot to take away from this conversation man. but as yours if, if you want no, or splits i feel like a lot of pressure to uh to leave with like uh impactful parting words you know no no, um, no pressure at all <laughs> yeah i would just say consistency is key in everything that you do just always always be consistent love it empty the tank baby let's go empty the tank and be consistent empty yeah. the tank and be consistent that's yeah. right there you go ladies and gentlemen um well troy <laughs> Thank you for coming on. It, it, it's awesome to yeah. have you. Love seeing you. Love seeing baby Coop and, and Caroline yeah. make the grand entrance there. So, yeah. uh, you know, from everybody listening, everybody watching, thank you very much. And uh, Troy, we'll talk to you soon, my friend. All right, man. I appreciate you having me. You bet. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Seeds of Success podcast. I hope you found this to be valuable and enjoyable with some actionable takeaways that you can implement into your daily life starting right now. 
If you did enjoy this episode, can you please do me a huge favor and share it with one friend? Just one friend is all that I ask. And if you could please leave a five-star rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Coolin2322. That's Coolin with two O's. And you can follow me on YouTube by searching my name, or you can click the link in the show notes below. As always, ladies and gentlemen, keep planting, keep harvesting, keep sowing seeds with positive energy one day at a time, and I will see you on the next episode.